Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And, you know, this week we're going to, you know, continue down our, I guess you can call it now at this point, a rabbit hole. Um, Rabbit hole, obsession, um, journey, Mm -hmm. you know, the the book of life when it comes down to 3D printing. And, you know, this week we're kind of going to go down the, the, the safety rabbit hole, you know. Because, you know, 3D printers are, are one thing that are, you know, there's a lot there that can hurt you. It can hurt you fast, too, you know, if you're not careful. And it can also, well, reduce your mortgage payment pretty quickly. Um, if you own a house, the next note, the dang thing's burning down. So, yeah, exactly. You can go from home to land in no time flat. But, you know, so, you know, with that, I guess we can, you know, kind of get started. Um, you know, so if we wanted to hear us run our mouth about something, you know, something absolutely insane. Um, you know, John, what do you think about when you, you know, you, you, you're the one here who has the most experience when it comes down to, you know, 3D printers, you know, what do you think? I I could start on the hobbyist side Mm because I think that's, I think that's probably where most people, their, their entry point's going to be at. I hope so. You're not buying a $12,000, you know, professional printer for your first one. Well, you know, there's some of us that buy, (laughs) that go just right into the Prusa and buy multiple and they're like, I'm ready to go. Uh, but no, but if you're just buying an Ender or buying some, uh, like another brand, Anycubic, whatever, whatever it may be, you're just getting a, a small printer, you're curious. Um, if it's an FDM printer, you're going to notice something real quick is it's going to radiate some heat. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole goal is to heat this plastic up to change its form. So you're heating up the hot end to 200 degrees Celsius plus, and you're heating the bed to minimum 60 degrees Celsius plus. And, and I know that we're, we usually talk about Fahrenheit. It's getting, that's like getting close to units. like, yeah, forgive me. It's getting close to like 400 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit on the hot end. So you touch that thing, you will know not to touch it again. <laughs> instant, hot end. Yeah, yeah, instant third degree burns. And, and I'm going to be honest, I have some finger burns of where I've touched the hot end where I was thinking uh, I need to clean it. Like, there, there are certain things with the quality and the maintaining, the maintenance of a, a nozzle. Of if I have a, let's say, a print fail and it, or, or the extruder fail, and it's not pulling more filament in, um, that heat's got to go somewhere. So it's going to continue to to heat up whatever remaining filament mm-hmm. or excess filaments there, and that builds carbon, and it's going to it, it kind of crusts over. And your next print, whatever filament you're going to use again, is just going to have it's. You're never going to be able to have any quality or any any good print you're going to start noticing more like under over extruding yeah degradation yeah but so so there's things like that that you need to maintain and what i was doing was i was just cleaning the piece off in reality i probably should have used the metal brush it might have been a little bit easier i just had a piece of jean yeah i mean it's it's just what i had around wiping it off the jean i was at the end of it grabbed the nozzle 
immediately let go, but two seconds does a lot, or like yeah. two, half a second does a lot of damage still. Yeah. I've never touched it again. <laughs> so, about to say, what did we learn? But, but yeah, but it's, <laughs> but it's safety. But you go into that, and, and, and yes, that was a small situation, but you talked about it already, burning your house down. Fire suppression is a thing where you're heating these things, and if that heat, like let's say you ran out of filament, and this is a 15-hour print or God forbid, two, two, three day print, and you're you were out for the weekend, and you hit play before you left, and you wanted to monitor it. This is why having any type of monitoring while you're away from home is important, mm -hmm. because if that heat doesn't go anywhere, that printer's like, all right, I'm good to go. It's gonna keep heating. Yeah, catches anything flammable, yeah. anything. Or if you have a cat that just magically knocks it over. Yeah, listen, I found my cat chewing on the filament before. That's why I keep the door closed now, and that's why it's got an enclosure because anything that could that could like jump into that environment could ruin not only the printer but everything around that printer. Like, God forbid, you're paying, you're gonna have to get a new house, two or two hundred thousand dollar house. If if you just lost like a two hundred dollar printer, you just lost that caught fire. So like, I think that. But your Batman symbol was worth it, though. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah some things will survive. <laughs> but, yeah, the printer will still be sitting there afterwards. But, right. but yeah, if you're thinking about it's a, a maintenance thing. safety, too, thing, I think it's also something, like, we talked about, what is it, light shields and things yeah, like that? Yeah, light curtains. I'd say she to bring that up. Yeah, so, like, like on a maintenance standpoint, I'm thinking about those sensors, but, like, mm -hmm. what, what, what do you think about, Ed? Like, throw, throw well, well yeah, I would yeah. say that the... Uh, the biggest thing is uh, you have electric water heaters and they run all the time. Mm -hmm. It's about having the right things in place with those uh, those uh, type of devices. So um, if you're doing a 3D print, um, another thing you want to look at is the filament itself. You know, some filaments are more hazardous than others. So like if you're using carbon fiber, you do not want to breathe in uh, those fibers. Mm -hmm. If you're uh, using, you know, like PLA, yeah, even PLA, you know, you don't want to breathe in those fumes. Yeah, because those are gases. But you want the right, the right uh, PPE. Yeah. You want to wear leather gloves. Mm -hmm. You want to wear uh, um, a face shield uh, if you're doing something where you think that um, you're taking the nozzle off in some hot molten plastic uh, splashes. Or um, the other thing you want to do is uh, you want to wear a respirator if you're going to be in that area and it's enclosed. Or make sure it's well ventilated. I, I would say those are things that you definitely should uh, pay attention to. And then as uh, uh, far as what you're saying, like touching things that mm -hmm. are hot, uh, wait, just wait for it to cool down. Yeah. Well, now, now with that, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, kind of propose this question. You and me both are used to you know, industrial controls at, any, at, at various levels mm -hmm. you know, across you know, different things. You know, like John brought up light curtains. You know, now... You have guys who are running the enclosures, you know, not just to maintain temp and maintain, you know, some sort of controlled chaos, you know, but also to prevent kids from reaching their hands in there and grabbing onto something. If you're going to use one of these things in the classroom, for the love of God, use a use an enclosure. Yeah. However, also use a, a safety relay that knows when that door is closed, open and closed, so it immediately stops the print bed, stops the print bed, stops the, the extruder, and lets it rip. Right. So. You know where, where I'm going with this, and you know we'll probably go down a, a pretty good rabbit hole here in a minute. Is what if somebody out there on the hobbyist level figured out how to make or use industrial light curtains, and, and you know outside the frame of view. So if you're talking left and right lateral limits, 
you know, and, and also, you know, in front of it, if you build a platform to do, you know, a, a 360 light curtain mm-hmm. around. Once you break that light curtain, automatically throws a, 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 an e-stop. It shuts that. It shuts the print bed down, drops all the way down to zero, and starts cooling off the off the hot end immediately. Well, you won't. Well, they won't necessarily drop to zero. You would. Probably, it's, it would start to drop. You, you would want to latch it's it. Like you yeah. could use the curtains, but you still would want to latch the door. So right. The door. But the I mean, door if you can't be open until that temperature right. is reached. But now, what I was thinking is, is this: if you if you don't have um, a enclosure of some sort, mm-hmm. a light curtain is your next best bet. As soon as you break that light curtain, you're stopping that print bed immediately. Mm-hmm. It's throwing that relay. So that will work. But it's not a hundred percent safe, but it could. It's an idea. No, no, no the, the light curtain part is safe. Yeah, it, it's nothing. What you talk about is perfectly fine. Yeah. The, the only issue, because we we don't want people to have a false sense of security, is that right. Nothing is going to cool down to zero zero that quick. Yeah, and if you think it, about it, just, a, unless you blast, you know, fans on and say, "Hey, the fans stay yeah. blasting to cool it down," and then it takes water cooling even what, whatever but, something like that. You know, then that's another thing. Why not use the, your your um, extruder fan? Yes, yeah, what I'm saying. And yeah. have it out feeding down right. to the bottom as soon if they, once that's right. tripped, it kicks on another fan, another relay right. that sets that that sets up fans up underneath the bed and right. start cooling up all, off everything up underneath. And you can't fix everything, right? Exactly. You can't like you know the whole thing is is you you, you can't fix. Stupid, you know. You you can't fix that. However, you know the thing is, is and you can't fix, you know, the greatest thing in the world, which is wandering kids. You know, they they just want to learn. You know, they're curious of what things are. You know, you have, you know, you know, um, you know, friends and family out there who you know may have kids that have you know, um, you know, auditory and sensory issues. You know, um, and they want to be you know touchy feely. You know, they want to see that things because they're interested in it. You know, they want to learn it. Yeah, you know, it's not because it's they're trying to make it, a, a, you know, cause an issue. You know, by any stretch of the imagination, they just want to learn. And, you know, for me, that's why, you know, my big thing is safety, especially if we want to use and get these things into the hands of people who are in the classrooms. And I think that if we start figuring, treating a 3D printer like a robot cell, for example, um, especially in a, you know, in a classroom environment. You know, once we can get rid of that one extra level of problems um you know i think we've we've gone on to something if you can just dismount say the control box outside of the cell area you know the 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 the, the uh, filament outside the 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 the, 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 the print area or the, the the cell area and then inside that cell we have built up a 3d printer that sits inside of a cage you know and and yeah. because I think they should be held to the same same now yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I hate to go down this this hole because I know you're thinking on something but why do we why are we not treating and I'll let you grab this one why are we not treating robot I'm not, I'm not treating the uh, 3D printers with the same safety standards that we treat robots with when it also comes down to fencing and stuff like that where you can't where fencing can only be so big. Because it, the reason you do robots is because it's a stop distance, so the robot is in motion. Right. So even with a 3D printer, even if it's moving at whatever speed, you can pretty much stop any 3D printer with your hand. Yeah. The the torque of a typical step motor can be uh, caused to torque out or cause the uh, overcurrent because you got more force than that mm. um, motor. But what I was going to say is you, you don't have to have industrial light curtains. Right. You don't even have to have this, 
the things you're talking about with an enclosure around the whole box. You can still do everything you're talking about because we have that technology with the uh, garage door openers. Yep. Uh, and it doesn't have to be the same. The reason it has to be as safe as it is in an industrial environment because things are moving. Right. And then the light curtain is supposed to protect the person because they can't, once a robot is in motion, you cannot stop that robot but, you know, because it's, it's going to decelerate at a certain yeah. time. So I think what you're, what you're talking about is, yes, the concept that's in industrial environment, but made into a hobbyist exactly. commercial. Yeah. In a, so open source. We need right. open source devices like you're talking about put into the hands of the hobbyist community right. to add these items to these 3D printers. Like pro- proximity sensors, like you're saying with your garage, or, or like yeah. light curtains. I, I think a light curtain is, is a good idea um, because it's... Uh, it's easy enough for the hobbyist to kind of get to, to wrap his head around and kind of set up early on in, in maybe your your 3D printing career. Um, honestly, when you brought up or when you when you're kind of pushing this thought process, I had an idea and and it kind of revolves around that what was it that hangbot that we saw mm-hmm. where it's like why why do I need to wait for the manufacturer to pick my build plate size? Mm-hmm. Why can't I? Print as big as my room, or print as big as this block, or I mean mm-hmm. that's how the 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 housing and the cement the cement mm-hmm. housings are, are, are yep. getting built is is because they just said why not make it bigger and in that sense is yeah they have the structure but the 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 hangbot you can hang in the corner of your rooms and it uses like a delta printer it uses those uh, pulley systems and things like that to to print on whatever bed size that you want and if you create that light curtain or that safety field around it. Then you've not only created a safe environment, but you've all you've also created your build plate. It's uh, like that's it's still early, uh, early access, mm-hmm. like early like op- it's open source. But that's the perfect but, but, environment. Yeah, yeah but that's the environment that immediately about I thought about mm-hmm. like, across a room. But if I'm saying yeah. what, what we're talking about in a classroom, yeah, that's to, fair. To, yeah. to get to get these devices from hobbyist to a classroom, right? For whatever program it's going to be, whether it's engineering at a college level. Whether it's at a junior high or a high school, yeah, so inside the STEM classroom, grade yeah. school, you yeah, have to yeah. keep it affordable. Right. So what I'm saying is, is the technology exists in that big enclosure that's industrial because mm-hmm. it's in a hazardous environment. Right. So you're paying more for that. So that's why I said those things need to be open source so we can miniaturize them, just like we miniaturized the original 3D printer for a hobbyist. We should miniaturize those, miniaturize those things so it's affordable, yep. and you still getting the light curtain. Right. You just making the light curtain on a level that works for a hobbyist in a school. Yeah. Right. I I kind of want to take a second, and if you guys are okay with it, pivot, uh, because we we talked about improvement quite a bit, yeah. and like upgrades and stuff like that. And at the end goal is like, yeah, do you want to make everything out of plastic? Sometimes I need a metal part. Sometimes it has to be a metal part because of how much stress it needs to un- endure. But when you get into metal 3D printing, ah man, the the levels of like safety to me like it gets so clo- so much closer to industry. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's yep. it's it's uh, it's wild to me how how dangerous this stuff actually can be. But then it, I, researching like things like uh, powder, uh, what is it? Be- laser powder bed. Uh, fusion, which mm-hmm. they're just throwing out powder and what, literally welding it to the print bed, and then doing it again and welding it to that layer and so forth. Like those things are happening right now, mm-hmm. and and that also like you have the threat of inhaling 
like metals, but there's also FDM, like they're pretty expensive, but there's FDM materials that emit the same type yeah, of VOCs. like, yeah, mm-hmm. like you, you don't like formaldehyde and things like that. You, you don't want to inhale any of that. So yeah. I, I think if, if not a light curtain, please in the enclosure. <laughs> like, well, and, the, and, the like, enclosure should happen. Yeah, I know. think that's probably one of, one of your yeah. first steps because now, like, Resin ones yeah. already coming in. Quite and the thing is, is like what you were saying earlier, you know, um, we had the conversation that you, you and John had earlier about the, the enclosures putting a reverse flow air filter on there that sucks it through friggin', you know, carbon, you know, or a charcoal filter, you know, and kills off all those VOCs so you don't actually have to worry about it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's one thing, you know, it's playing with, you know, the, the right things. You know, if you think about it, you know, I was doing some research the other day, and I, you know, and the thing is, it's like relativity space, and I keep keep veering them up, but right now they're the guys who are on the, the bleeding edge of you know what three D printing is. You know, they're getting right, they're at the Terran one rocket that's now down at Kennedy Space Center that they are going to you know light the fires on and kick the tires and you know kind of see what happens. You know, see if this thing can survive. Um, and you know, with them, they use a you know Kuka robotics arm, you know, with a weld with a with a weld head. 3D printer on the end of it, you know, and it's something that, you know, you kind of see, but I was doing some research into them and their ventilation system inside their areas are freaking absolutely insane. You know, they have these robots set up where humans can be working with them, you know, through their entire life cycle because they're not turned up to a high level torque on, which they're not running at a high rate of speed on certain things. Like once the humans are out of the cell, they trigger the cell and that speeds back up again. Um, so, but, you know, it's, I guess it's all based off the turntable to what, you know, some of their videos are showing. But, you know, the thing is, is I, th- I think that right there is, you know, like, you know, what the splitting edge of what 3D, pr- what the, the, the marriage of 3D printing and robotics are in a safe, workable, you know, together environment. You're not talking about like a pick and place robot or, you know, a helping hand robot, you know, that would help us pull, you know, boxes off shelves and stuff like that in a manufacturing environment. You know, like the ones I guess Kuka has on the back of their AGVs. You know, those. Yeah. But, you know, we, we don't we don't have those yet. Um, but I think that that's kind of, you know, where people want to go, you know, eventually, is at that level. Yeah, like I said, the, the, big, the big thing is, like I said, well, the reason that 3D printing is um, taking off uh, in the hobby is... Um, platform or on the hobby platform is because they took and made it affordable. Yeah. Um, they, they miniaturized it and, and made it affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we're starting to see it more in um, education is because it's, it is a good tool for teaching. Right. Uh, and, it's, and it's affordable because some of the things that you would need to model uh, would be very expensive for somebody to, to make. Right. Um, and so... I think with any anything we say in safety, I mean the main thing I I would do um, is you could do two things. I can make the 3D printer just like the microwave. Um, so as long as the door is closed, I operate. As soon as the door is open, I don't operate. Once the door is open on the 3D printer, I blast however much air I need to blast to cool it down in whatever seconds. Mm-hmm. That that would be an option. Um, uh, the light curtains would be good because, uh, like I said, but open source light curtains that yeah. the hobbyists 
can get a hold to and make it affordable for a, a school environment. Because even a small, say like a small uh, six inch mm-hmm. or a 12 inch light curtain, it's like two, 300 bucks yeah. for one. Yeah, And you gotta have a, a receiver and a transmitter, or yeah. you gotta have a receiver and some reflector to, uh, and, and they're a little bit complicated. Yeah, it's, it's not just a plug and play thing. So that's why I say, I, I think that technology is something that that's where they were, we're failing as a, uh, a manufacturing uh, environment where we're not giving some of these things back to be open source. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give away trade secrets, yeah. but you can give people basic kits or sell evaluation kits that people can use to learn the thing. Just like with micro uh, microcontrollers and uh, people that get evaluation boards, you should do those type of things. Yeah. I think then those things are perfectly, uh, is, you're right. And then as far as the enclosure, you know, like it doesn't have to be like the enclosure that we think of uh, on an industrial floor. Mm-hmm. It could just be that we have some 80-20, some plexiglass, yeah. and then if you fixed. get yeah. into that little area where the plexiglass, it cuts out. So we just have to miniaturize what you're saying, yeah. industrial, to to the school yeah. environment. We just have to make it open source. And just think, right now, there's an abundance of plexiglass. Yeah. You know, we just had COVID, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we got plexiglass coming out the ears. Yep. We got death separators coming out the ears. Yep. <laughs> we got plenty to deal with, okay? Yeah. I mean, get, getting, getting down to it, too, like, because on a hobbyist level, you're trying to, of course, you said it before, trying to make it cheaper, 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 cheaper. And, and but there are like, there are a few things that you could do that would possibly eliminate a lot of needing to add. I know we want to add tech, and I'm not saying, I'm not advocating against not having something or a sensor on well, there. The best tech is low level. Yeah. For me, right I think you need something monitoring a lot of things, and I think that you need to. Like even just having a camera just to look see is enough. Even MQTT that's kind of saying, "Hey, drop below my temperature, you should probably take a peek." Yeah. Or I'm above temperature, you should probably look at it. It might be on fire. Like things like that mm-hmm. are uh, in some cases enough. But also, like I, my brother's done it before, where he he hated the enclosure because there on the ender there's if you don't have your auto leveling yet. There are knobs on the bottom that you need to reach. There's like one, there's four of them, so you got to go around the right corner and the back side, around the left corner, back side. If you're messing with anything on the chipset, you got to flip the thing upside down and things like that. Um, now, if you're if you're leveling the bed while while you're doing your first layer of print, it's going to be hot and in motion. So you can't really an enclosure like, you know, you make you get like a couple end tables and stack them. Like IKEA lack tables are a big thing on Thingiverse for you to build off of, and honestly, I've built one myself like that, and it's perfectly shaped. It is a pain to get to any of those leveling things, which is also why I got my auto leveler. That, in that sense, I can understand it makes it makes it harder for you to be a little bit safer. But mm-hmm. also, there are still ways that you can have an enclosure. Uh, Creality actually has a type of tenting system, yeah. which which does that. You can put the printer. In, in like a side closet instead of a main room. Mm-hmm. Maybe not putting it out on display so that your pets can see it or know what's going on. They'll probably be questioning the, the buzzing going on in the closet. Mm-hmm. But who's to say? You got a camera in there, maybe a, maybe a little LED light, and you can take a peek at it every once in a while. You don't need, like, that's that's more of a, a closed yeah. system, I, I would say. Or than a, in the garage away from or in the uh, garage. flammables. Yeah. 
shoot in the shed in the back if it's got power and, and, and maybe hopefully internet if I'm doing Raspberry Pi uh, Octoprint. But yeah. like, I, I, so much can be said for don't keep it in the environment that you are, you know, kind of just living in, period. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it may be cool. Don't do that. It's just it's just an accident waiting to happen. Is right. what I'm saying. So like those small things, like getting it away from you, putting it in another room that nobody's gonna get to, or maybe even locking that door to the garage if it's in the garage. That those are simple steps you could probably take. And then these light curtains or anything, sensors, proximity alerts, and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. That, that can be added afterwards, and I think should be added afterwards because if you get onto a bigger plane, you could put even the light curtain on the build plate. And then it can, if if you have spaghettiing, it'll that'll detect your spaghettiing. Yeah. So like it can it can help you on the quality. Six it can help you on all these things. Yeah, honestly. So <laughs> so like I said, well, the, the 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 big thing with the leveling, from what I'm seeing, like I said, I'm just now getting into it, you know. But I think a lot of that is because when they originally made the design for the Ender, um, that was at the time their best their best way of doing it you don't have to do that anymore mm-hmm. in my opinion um i think even the people that are using the sensors and you know somebody's gonna get upset <laughs> you're doing it wrong because it should be the same way just like i have a i have a phone and i can take that phone and level things with my phone before i cut on anything with temperature i should verify the bed before i go poke points the poke points is for the Z, it's for the, uh, yeah, the Z axis. That's for when we come down with the hot end. We're verifying the hot end. That's what we're afraid of is we're gonna crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Or that we're gonna have a print that's gonna be unlevel and so forth. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, the leveling should be separate on the bed mm-hmm. from the leveling that's on the, uh, Z, Z, the Z axis or the print head. Because for me, I think I would rather have an XY system and get rid of the Y, you know, at the bottom. And I would yeah. rather raise the plate, mm-hmm. raise the bed all the way up to the top and go down. Because yeah. I think down is going to stay more it's level than trying to raise something up. You know, if you think about it, you could probably level with uh, just like a, you know, a, a center. That's, yeah, that's you, if you think about it, well, you can hook you can hook up a, um, a acoustic sensor. You know that'll that'll do that'll read or ledger sensor that'll yeah. re, that'll read your measurements from each corner. I'll do you one better. They make a tilt sensor. Yeah. There's an actual tilt sensor that it when it's not level, it doesn't make. Mm-hmm. Right. Now. And it's, and, no. it's, and it's when I say it's cheaper than the sensor you're talking about, yeah. and it's more accurate. The reason it's more accurate because it's physical. It physically is on the bed. Now it doesn't have to physically be on the plate where you're heating. It's physically on some part. Yeah that's that's raising yeah and then you can do that or you can even do you can do stress uh stress sensors to see mm-hmm. if i'm getting out of getting wonky or whatever yeah but even all of those ideas are good it's, yeah it's, it's, it doesn't mean that one is better than the other right i just know physical is always better than logical yeah because yeah, the standard now is the bl touch the bl touch is just a probe that goes down yep. touches hits a certain point pops back up yep. sends an alert it's like oh too close this is my zero. Yep. This is the end. It does that 16 points on your bed. It says, this is it. It'll even, if you have gyres, which is a special firmware, will pop up and tell you, you're low here on the right side, right corner. You're high here on the on the uh, uh, front left corner. And then it'll, he- like, it'll help you 
or you can just change the offset and and say hey I understand that I am this close uh, let me offset it so I can be mm -hmm. a little bit better and that usually happens when you're doing your first layer print so in that sense I'm no longer I don't think I've actually touched those knobs and maybe six months plus, maybe even closer to a year. See, I wouldn't even have knobs. Yeah. Well, to, to, to me, I, I, the system I'm, I'm talking about, and like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm a new guy that that know take knobs from the industrial side. You set, you would set the bed because basically, I would have a one one rail that's on a glide on a slide, and I would have two lead screws that would be. Yeah. On the, so I'm level here. Also, you would have, you know, the way that would work, you would have guides also to make sure that you couldn't get. Mm -hmm. But here's the reason why you don't need those knobs anymore. Because I don't care about tweaking the knobs this way because that was when I was going this way in the yeah. Y direction. Um, if I make X and Y dependent on each other, and if I raise the bed to the top and verify that the bed has, the bed has its own leveling system and the Z axis has its own leveling system. Mm -hmm. The Z is so quality and don't crash. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the, the, the bed is so that, okay, hey, I'm at a known zero for quality. Um, so I, I think in that, because I, what I've seen on some of the industrial printers, I have seen no, none of those adjust anything on that bed mm -hmm. okay. that way. Yeah. yeah. I, with the knobs, I'm saying knobs related, not yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, I mean part of the ender when it when it come when it comes like stock is that those screws are Correct. attached to the bed, so that's yeah. that's part of like the, the knob yeah. problem, and it becomes more of a uh, stability because it, you don't want it to wobble because yeah. the, they're not really actually attached; they're just kind of like taped on with yeah. that little thing. It's not very great, but that that's why I have like nylon locking nuts that I locked it close to the right. bed. And, and it stabilizes the things. I agree. I don't think you need the knobs. Well, uh, yeah. Hobbyist version of Ender that we have now, yeah. you do. I'm saying well, if yeah. you had a different style bed that didn't have Just a the, couple upgrades, though. Yeah. Yeah. So say if I had a, a, a different style bed. Say if my, my, my heat plate was two foot mm. by two foot. Yeah. So now it's not DC. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's AC. Of course, there's some other problems with that. You got to use solid state relays. You got to use thermal fuses and things like that to make sure that you don't uh, run into issues with fire. Yeah. But what that does is, is now I don't have to have this. I can, I can mount the plate a different way. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, is maybe the, maybe the problem is, is the way we mounted it with the Ender is what we had to do at, at that time, yeah. that design a printer to be affordable. You, you look at the Prusa, I think it's a little bit different. And now, if you think about it, you know, if we're, you know, <laughs> getting on, you know, you know, how, you know, upgrades can, you know, like improve safety and stuff like that, you know, yeah. really what you're getting at also is the fact that, you know, if you start dealing with like machine learning, um, uh, and I know we're getting close to going, we've actually gone over time here a little bit, but whatever, um, is if you use like machine learning or, or, or uh, vision systems. You know, right now we have the the ability to get vision systems for a um, for a three D printer. I showed John one yesterday on in, in Docker, and you know, <laughs> sent him on a wild ride. Um, so you know, you learn one thing to fix the other. Um, but the thing is, is why can't we set that vision system that if it detects something it does not like that is not supposed to be there, it stops immediately. 
we already have the you know, the, the anti spaghetti monster. Yeah, you know, why that. can't if you see a hand come into that into that into that um, that um, uh, spectacle, shut it down immediately. Yeah. You know, and like if you are using a you know a wider enclosure so you can do your auto leveling and stuff like that. As soon as that a hand enters that enclosure, shuts that shuts that down. It takes your exhaust fan and reverses polarity and sending and, and just and pumps air back into it. Mm-hmm. Or you just have another fan at the top and you only turn that on when the power goes out. Yeah. yeah. You know, or when the, the door is open, that fan kicks on. You use a high CFM fan and it cools everything down yeah, based on machine learning. That's exactly to, to yeah. do what you you're talking about with the or not machine source, learning but vision open, systems. The open source light curtains. The yeah. open source. Um, uh, like six sensors that basically are light curtains with a mirror yeah. that's uh, floating around it makes a scan feel. So you still can do the thing, but those things need to be open source so they can be miniaturized. Yeah. And this also, thing, they, they, don't, uh, they don't have to be industrial. They don't have to be ruggedized, right. ruggedized for an industrial you can, you can use the you know, vision system that you can get up for a Raspberry Pi, hook it, hook it up to a, yeah. a, a Pi Zero or Pi, you know, one of those, a Pi Zero real quick. And have it and t- and lock it, you know, with a set of lock screws at the top of a printer. Yep. As soon as it knows it's something outside its ordinary, you know, method of operation, yeah. it throws you a fault. Well, yeah, and we talk about even just even it throwing faults, like it could still and and why why can't it have readings too? Like um, the Bamboo X One that we were looking at is is it lays down a couple lines and it does flow rate testing on uh, with lidar, like. Yeah. Yeah, why, why, why not? Like, why not? Why can't it be a sensor for safety and also a sensor for quality? Yeah. And the same thing is like, you know, yeah, the lidar thing is great if you're talking about, you know, um, using vision systems because you know lidar is a next generation vision system at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not just black and white. Take a picture. You know, like it, like it is in some you know uh, industrial applications, which still doesn't make any sense to me. But um, you know, cheapness, I guess. But you know, if you, it, it, well, the thing is, if you put if you have both of those on the same printer, you have one measuring one you know thing and one measuring something else, and they're also on two different wavelengths. Yeah. So you know you have you know that entire freaking thing covered, and you may have spent forty five bucks, you know maybe forty five dollars if you went through the Raspberry Pi website and bought them from them. Yeah. You know, or you went somewhere and you got a, a weird deal on Amazon. You know, it's just it's just one of those things, you know, but that's here nor there. You know, maybe something down the way, you know, we can play with, you know, build something out and just do, do a quick test on it. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, you know, none of us want to get, you know, roasted. But, you know, it, it's it's one thing that, you know, if we can help, you know, benefit the the community and the greater good, you know, we're not going to put ourselves in, in, in intentionally into harm's way. I'll sacrifice a couple of fingers. Yeah, maybe 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 a few extra scars. I've got, I've got a lot of you know, um, <laughs> you know, the scars are just everlasting memories. Um, but you know, to be able to you know benefit the greater good, something that will help you know maybe if you know we can help you know get this out there, you know, we'll get three D printers in the classroom faster. Yeah. You know, it will it will it will, it will yeah. take the, the 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 method of the madness of pushing STEM, pushing, you know, education, you know, pushing the fact that, you know, we all talk about technology all the time. And, you know, the big thing that, you know, we really wanted to get out of all this is, you know, make it like a lunch and learn, you know, and the thing is, is that's going to go to the channel too. You know, it's like a lunch and learn, you know, come on, come to come take a look at what we're doing. Um, you know, because, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you never stop learning, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, yeah. that's what we yeah. kind of look for. 
So, you know, we've definitely gone over time. So, you know, I'm going to turn it over to the guys, and we're going to go ahead and uh, end it here. So, y'all go ahead and take it away. So, I uh, just want to circle back real quick. Like, so, uh, on two things. Uh, uh, first, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, listening to us. Uh, the uh, other two topics that I want to talk about, so we was talking about access. So, maybe the problem with access to some of the things and what we have, people have existing equipment that they just, you know, you, you've already paid money for it. You don't want to change all these things. But maybe that it's a better idea to take and move all the electronics from the bottom to the top mm -hmm. where it's easy to access. It. Yeah. Maybe when we start talking about having to do something with uh, making an adjustment on the uh, bed, you uh, add some extensions so that you can get your hands in there and have access. Like a 3D printer storage, uh, 3D printer yeah. server rack. So, so yeah. stilts, yeah. you know, stilts for yeah. a 3D printer so that you raise it, you make something where you can raise it, Keep yeah. it in and I can get my hands under here, it's in the enclosure, I gotta, I can open the door, put my hands in and, and make adjustments. Yeah. And then, then uh, I would say that the other thing that I would uh, also say is uh, when, it, when it comes to the uh, safety of the 3D uh, printers, uh, then you need to make sure that you teach. You know, you mm -hmm. need to take, take the kids to the printer Show them, hey, this is hot. Don't touch this. This this will not cool. And you can do it with a take a hot dog, take a hot dog. Oh yeah. With it, mm -hmm. you know, with it hot. Is that you hear that sound? That's your that's your skin. Yeah. So, a piece of know, paper. Yeah. So uh, those are some things that you could try, and we'll let John uh, close us out for today. Yeah. So there was something that that Nick said earlier that it made me laugh because it reminds me of a quote that I found very early on in three D printing. You know you can't fix stupid. But you can fix what stupid does. And most of the time, that's what I've been doing with 3D printing is because something stupid happened and I'm trying to fix what, what, what it's doing. Or something was like not machined the correct way or not, not put together the right way. The main, the main point I'm trying to get is that you should question everything that you have kind of see in structure. Like if it's a system that's already set and sold to you as a package and has been sold that way for years, you should question why that is so efficient and why no one has innovated with that and it could be you that does the innovation so i'm just saying combine some technology combine cool things that you've heard and you'll you'll come out with a nice product so try to learn something new i guess thank you for listening to the tech at lunch podcast where we hope you learn something about tech during your break or during your lunch time if you did please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.